In your Bible tonight, turn to two or three places, if you would, please. Uh, Matthew 6, if you'll find your place there, Matthew 6, and uh, give you just a minute to find that. We'll be also referring back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, if you would, please, and get an illustration of God's provision to his people. Tonight, uh, I'd like to uh, help just a little bit. I believe with all my heart that God has promised to supply the basic needs for the Christian. I believe with all my heart that God has promised unequivocally, without a doubt, to provide the basic needs for every, every child of God. My proof text of that is Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. If you read that psalm, you'll see that he promises to make us lie down in green pastures. He promised to lead us beside the still waters. He promises to restore our souls, and many times we do need Restoration, do we not? He promises to uh, comfort us. He promised to prepare us a table for us in the uh, presence of our enemies. And then he promises that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. Then he puts the icing on the cake and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ladies and gentlemen, God has without a doubt promised provide our basic needs. So Jesus asked us in Matthew 6, what are you worried about then? Do you know anybody who is a worry wart? Clint, you shouldn't have said that in the, in, in the presence of your wife because she thinks you're talking about her. If God has promised us all of our basic needs, Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 31, Therefore, take no thought or don't worry, saying what we shall eat. God's already promised us that. What you shall drink, he's only promised to lead us beside the still waters. And wherewithal you shall be clothed, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father, knoweth that you have need of all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hey, that's the word of God you have in your lap. That is the promises of an omnipotent, almighty, righteous, holy immutable, unchanging, cannot lie kind of God. That's better than any promise that anybody could ever give us. He's promised if we would seek him first. Now notice verse 34. Take therefore no thought or don't worry about it. For the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day 
is the evil thereof. I know a lot of folks that give themselves nervous breakdowns, worried about tomorrow's problems with today's grace. You don't have grace for tomorrow yet. You don't have the grace of God to get you through tomorrow's problems yet. So Jesus said, don't worry about it. I've already promised to take care of you. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So I just believe God Almighty promises us our basic needs. Now, I want to show you a problem over Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I want to read that in some of that uh, chapter to you. And I want to show you what we're going to talk about. Then I'm going to, I'm going to try to develop a thought, just a, a short thought, because I kept you too long this morning. And I preached enough gospel this morning to save everybody forever. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give you some of your time back tonight, okay? I don't usually preach that long. And really, I don't know anybody that's got that much to say. So I must have had to repeat it several times this morning. I apologize to you for that. But uh, it's kind of like some of those praise songs, you know. Seven words said 11 times, you know. Deuteronomy chapter number eight. Now look at this and I want to know, I want you to know and I know and I please don't think that I'm so ignorant that this is not in reference to the nation of Israel and them in the wilderness and God providing for them. So he says down in verse 11, now look at this, if you would please. And my subject tonight, when God brings financial problems in our life, when God brings financial problems in our life, verse 11, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, Then thy heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that you might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thy heart, my power and might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. Looky what I have done. Look what I have accomplished by the sweat of my brow and the skin of my teeth and the hard labor I have accumulated what I have tonight. And God said in verse 8, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy father's as it is this day. 
If God has promised us all of our basic needs, God has proven throughout the eons of time and throughout history that he can provide our basic needs. I think it illustrates something to realize that God has the power to take care of us. Uh, And I believe it illustrates to you and I that we don't have to be beggarly. We don't have to run off and do unethical things to uh, create wealth whereby we can take care of our families. I believe when we trust God, it demonstrates the power of God in our life. And I think it's a good testimony to God when he takes care of us. Amen. I think it also demonstrates that he is at work in the life of the Christian. I'm glad that he didn't save me and just leave me on a rock someplace. I'm glad he indwells my heart tonight. I'm glad he goes with me everywhere I go. I'm glad he testifies to me. I'm glad he strengthens me. Thank God it demonstrates God in a Christian's life when God takes care of us. It also also shows that God answers prayer. Whenever we need something, we pray and God answers our prayer. And uh, it shows also that God is directing us. And I I thank God that God directs me. Because I'm sure that I would, uh, that I fall into the category where it says that it is not in man to direct his steps. (laughs) You know, you wonder why some people are in such a mess because God is not anything, has nothing to do with their life. And if God is directing your steps, he won't direct you in a wrong way. If you're asking God about what you're buying, God will not lead you to buy something you cannot afford. And if God and some of you young guys are looking for a wife, you need to ask God about uh, the, the, the lady that God has given you. You say, well, God may give me an ugly and that may prove out to be pretty good. Everybody in the world won't be after her. Called job security. <laughs> Always a good way to look at it. Amen. And, but uh, I just believe that God has promised and he has the power and an example, an illustration of his greatness and his love toward us. But I do believe with all my heart, there is definite times when God withholds funds and brings financial difficulty in our way for a reason. And it's not to become beggarly. I think God does things in our life. And I believe uh, what better string could he pull to get your attention than your money string? I mean, what other God can he zap? (laughs) If we bound down to the dollar bill and pray into George and uh, Leroy and Abernathy and whoever else on them bills, what better way for God to get your attention and my attention than to zap us in the financial department. And you say, well, preacher, he never does that. Let me tell you something. Sometimes God sends financial difficulty our way. And number one, let me give you the first reason. When we violate financial principles in the word of God. You cannot violate God's principles and have things to work. There's principles, there's laws that God has instituted and set up. And if you and I violate those laws, I mean, it's just going to, it's just going to fail. 
For instance, let me share this with you. Matthew 6, 33. Here's a principle in the word of God. You violate it and God's not going to bless you. Matthew 6, 33. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all those things will be added unto you. Don't make any difference if you're praying and praying and begging and fasting and doing all you can do. You violate that principle and God's going to withhold those things that he promised he'd give you if you did not violate that principle. You cannot put God third and fourth on the totem pole and have God make your, meet your needs. You said, I'm just going to sit right here and watch God provide. And I'm going to stand right here and watch you starve to death. <laughs> well, I'm special. No, you're a liar. You're not very smart if you think you can violate God's principle and have God add all these things, food, clothing, and shelter. Amen. You cannot do that. God sends financial difficulty. And may I say, you come to the church and ask me to get you out of God's classroom. What kind of preacher would I be if every time God sent a financial catastrophe your way, if I bailed you out? And you come down to the church where you hand out and say, well, I need, I need, I need, I need. No, you need to seek first the kingdom of God. And you need to learn the lesson. You need to learn the principle. You need to adhere to the principle. Then he'll add all those things to you. Now, it may be, you may spell it J-O-B and you're not like that. I mean, God is not going to fly over your house every day and dump you out. Sirloin steak. That's not included in the atonement. (laughs) For that to be included in the atonement, you need to go to church across the street. But we Baptist folk don't believe that sirloin steak was included in the atonement. (laughs) Well, that wasn't very funny, was it? But there will be financial difficulty when you break God's financial principles. Matthew 6, 33. God will send financial difficulty when you do not honor God first in your finances. That is a financial godly principle. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. You know the verse. Will a man rob God? But you say, where do we rob thee? God said, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. And because you've robbed me in tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. And how other way can God get your attention and get you out of kindergarten spiritually and begin to trust God like he says to without he yanks your money string? And the Bible said, if you and I violate the principle of the tithe and violate the principle of the offering, then God will send financial difficulties our way. You say, well, preacher, I'll have enough if I keep it all. No, you won't have enough if you had twice that much with the curse of God in your life. It won't work. Please listen to me tonight. It will not work. There is the Bible verse. It says, there's he that scattereth and yet uh, he, he flourishes. And then he that holdeth more than his meat and intendeth to 
poverty. You cannot break God's financial principles and have God to bless you. Please understand that. Do you believe this to be God's word? Do you believe this to be God's word? Then what are you doing? What are you doing with that little old man meagerly 10% and it's causing the curse of God on your life? What in the world are you thinking about? Preacher, you just need money. No, I don't need money. Church needs money. No, the church don't need money. You need God's blessings. And you violate these principles. Please listen to me. I love you. Please listen to me. God cannot go past the principles in his word. He must keep his word. And he says, if you do not honor him with the first fruits, you must honor him with the first fruits. Chapter 3 talks about honoring the Lord with the first fruits of thine increase. You remember that? And if you do that, then your barns will be filled. And the presses shall break open with new wine. What am I talking about? You've got to keep God's principles. Don't break them. Here's a principle. Give and it shall be given unto you. Wouldn't it be nice if that give wasn't first? <laughs> he that soweth sparingly shall do what? Reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Is that not so? May I say to you, every farmer I know sows with great anticipation that there'll be more to reap than there was sown. Hey, look, that's a principle. Preach, I don't understand why I am where I am financially tonight. How's your tithing? Preach, I don't understand why my world's just not going right. How do you line up with Matthew 6, 33 about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first? You see, it, 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 you, you say, preacher, it's somebody else's fault. Only if they're writing your checks. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God will allow financial difficulties to come our way. If we break God's principles of finance. Amen. I'm, I'm sorry, that's just what the Bible says. You, you young folk, you ought to be tithing. You say, why? Because God will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You say, well, I'm not old yet. No, you're not stupid either. Start tithing. Because I'm not going to start tithing. That ain't your only problem. When we violate financial principles, God will allow financial difficulties to come to our life. And I, I, I'm not a prophet, but probably more than likely, there's some of those folk right here tonight who mathematically cannot figure out how that if you cut 10% out of your check, that you're going to have enough to go around. Look, 
Well, that kind of philosophy, 100% ain't enough to go around. And I'll bet you, you're so broke, you'd need a cosigner to pay cash right now. And you still cannot see what's going on in your life. Spiritually in darkness, as blind as a bat. You say, well, it won't work. Won't you just try it? Just peel off the first 10% next week and put it in the offering plate. And if it does not work, Brother Billy will return it to you after a year's time. I bet he would. I bet Billy would make that deal with you. You'd start tithing, tithe faithfully for six months. And if you wasn't better off after six months, I'm not saying he would. He might. But God make that deal, will you? God said, prove me. Put me to the test. Put it in there. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven. Pour you out a blessing. And boy, do we need blessings. Amen. That's the best insurance you can have for your kids. You can ever buy the rest of your life. That's the best marital insurance you can put in the plate. That, that will buy more harmony between you and your wife than 1,700 marriage counselors. That's just the blessings of God on your life. Is just honoring God with your money. And just in case that you are tithing and things are still not going real well financially, let me give you number two, and that is God will send problems when you have misspent what God has provided. I know nobody would do that. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, just a minute, and I'll show you a verse here that I think is pertinent to the hour. 2 Corinthians do you know anybody who would misspend? Now, in this church, I don't know if you realize this or not, but if you designate anything and you write on that offering envelope that you want to designate this money to buy in wrestling jackets for mosquitoes. It will not be spent for anything other than what you designated it for. And if we cannot find any wrestling jackets or mosquitoes, we give the money back to you. Because we do not misappropriate funds. You give it to a missionary, that missionary gets it. If I find out the missionary is not honorable to God, I will give the money back to you and then you give it to whoever you want. Because the Bible said, unto him be glory. And if God can't get glory out of what you're giving, I give it back to you and you can buy some wrestling jackets yourself. Amen. Now you're ready. We don't misspend money. Here's the problem. I want to give it to you just as plain. You say, preacher, I don't make enough money. If I made enough money, I could tithe. How much would you like to ask God 
or you'd like to ask me to ask God to get your salary down low enough to where you can afford to give. If you can't tithe off the thousand you're making, would you like me to pray that God would give you a hundred so it wouldn't bother you so much to put 10 bucks in the plate? Be glad to do that. And you'd be better off with 90 bucks with the blessings of God than you would be $900 with the curse of God on your life. But God gives us money, folks. It's not that we don't have enough. You say, well, right now I don't have enough. At one time you had enough, you misspent it. More than likely, you misspent it. Let me read, read for you 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. Please look at this. All right, now, please, don't, don't get mad at me. Just hang on, and I, I'll try to, try to show you something if I couldn't. Now, he that ministered seed to the sore, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. According to that verse, he gives seed and bread. So much of the wheat is for seed, so much for bread. He ministers both seed to sow, bread to eat. Did you waste the bread money and now you're eating the seed? Did you waste the 90% and now to survive, you got to eat God's 10%? Amen. Have we misspent and wondering why God don't give us anymore? Have we violated God's principles of finance to the extent that we've wasted all he's given us to eat. We've bought bubble gum and DVDs and satellite televisions and high definition TVs and we've wasted all the money that he's given us to supply our need and now to survive we've ground up the seed and made flour out of it so that we can feed our families have we been guilty of misspending well Proverbs 10 please Proverbs 10 and verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. The hand of the diligent maketh rich. Proverbs 13, verse 23. Would you please? Proverbs 13, 
Much food is in the tillage of the poor. But there is that is destroyed for the want of judgment. Proverbs 23, verse 21. You believe your Bible? For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. I just believe that if you misspend what God has given you, God's got to get our attention somehow or another. What better way than to cut it off? Send some problems. Hot water heater blow up. Well, that's a blessing, especially about four o'clock in the morning. Go to the bathroom and suddenly you're treading water. Well, I don't know what's going on. Uh, check the money trail. <laughs> check the checkbook out. Amen. You say, well, I got him food. You ain't got God food. He knows everything you made last year. He knows the insurance deals you got. He knows all the payoffs you got. And believe me, he'll get his one way or another. He really will. But I say to you tonight, sometimes financial problems come our way because we break and violate financial principles. And sometimes we just flat misspent. Sometimes God is testing our faith. Boy, I tell you, it really checks our faith out when we got four or five of them checks down at the bank flopping around at $30 a lick. Amen. <laughs> I told a banker one time, if you can't make money on your inflationary kind of business procedures, you're an idiot. Tell me how much it, how much paperwork and clerical work it takes to say, hey, your check bounced. I guess 30 bucks worth. Uh, does that get your attention? Hmm? Sometimes if we've broken God's principles, violated God's principles, and if we have misspent, sometimes God checks our faith through our finances. Do you know old Job was a perfect individual and God still checked his faith? Amen. Tested his faith. Is that not so? I think Abraham was a tither. The Bible says that. Is that not so? And at the top of the mountain, I believe God was checking Andrew. I mean, checking Abraham's water and checking his faith. Is that not so? And if you read first Peter chapter one, it says that the trial of your faith being more precious than gold that is tried in the fire might be found to the honor and the glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes God just sends some things to check our faith. See how we're going to act. See how we're going to react. Just, just see what kind of attitude we're going to have when we get through it. You know, every once in a while. Have you ever felt like just plain cussing your banker out? Nobody shook their head. Thank you, Brother Marshall. God bless your heart. Me and you both been to Bible college, right? 
Yes, sir. We know what broke is, right? And uh, I'll guarantee everybody here has felt that way. Mm-hmm. You sure have. Or maybe you didn't pay the IRS enough. And they send you another bill plus interest plus penalties. How's your attitude in that deal? <laughs> Everything's going fine. And you get one of them deals from Burleson and they got a picture of your license plate. <laughs> and you swear that thing was yellow when you went through it. Right? Oh, Mr. Banks, I'm sorry, hon. I didn't know I wasn't preaching to you. I got one the other day. Yeah, I did. I didn't argue with them. After I seen the video. Somebody asked me, didn't you see what color it was? I didn't even know there's a light. First thing come to my mind, how can I fight it? How can I beat it? Even I thought, what if I lie about it? I know you wouldn't have done that. You know, sometimes God just sends things our way to check our faith. Yeah. The trial of your faith. Being more precious than gold. Tried in the fire. That it may be found to the honor and the glory and the praise of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes financial difficulties come our way just for that reason. We haven't violated the tithe principle. We haven't violated these things and not overspent. God just wants to check our water. You know, we have a Sunday every year. Prove your love Sunday. Yeah, just prove your love Sunday. I hadn't said much about it this year. Because uh, uh, I just haven't said anything about it. I, I don't think I should have said anything about it. One of our folks uh, said that day, said, uh, I'm looking forward to first Sunday in February. I said, what for? He said, because man already lined up, give it all. I said, I hadn't said anything about it. He said, you don't have to. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for him. That's what it's all about. Doing it for him. And sometimes he needs to check us out and see if we're really doing it for him. Amen. If you're giving it to impress me, I hate to, help, I hate to hurt you. I hadn't looked. In years, I haven't looked. Some of you think I look ever soon. Write them a letter. Send them a bill. No, I don't look. It's not between you and me. It's between you and him. Amen. And when God is checking your faith, won't you ask God about it instead of running to somebody and say, oh, I need, I need, I need some help. I need some help. Won't you ask him to help? He's one controlling the purse strings in him. I thought that was an awful good point, but I don't think you... You liked it very much. Number four. Sometimes God allows financial problems to come our way when we really don't need the money anyhow. We just want it, not need it. Amen. Amen. Have you ever thought of this? Maybe what you want is not what you need. 
Have you ever thought of this? Maybe what you want is really not what God wants. Well, God, you said you'd answer prayer. Maybe he is. He's just not letting you get off into that hole. My Bible said, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Not all of your wants. If that would work, I'd have the best coon dog in the world. Trained by Jesus himself. (laughs) But God has promised our needs. Having food and raiment therewith to what? Be content. God has not promised you a Cadillac. God has promised you your needs. And your needs, our needs ought to make us content because we're not going to be here long. We're just passing through. Is that not so? And God don't think we need to be building a house for somebody who's going to be here after the rapture and we're gone. Hello, can anybody say amen? So maybe you ain't got it because God knows you don't need it. And if you did have it, you'd probably take credit for getting it yourself instead of giving God the glory for it. And you'd want to consume it upon your lust and throw it in everybody's face and say, don't you wish you were smart and intelligent, educated and worthy as me? So God probably says, you don't need it anyhow. And maybe what you want is not good for you. I don't think I'd pray for a boat if I was going to go to the lake on Sunday and expect God to give it to me. Amen. Because the Bible said, no good thing will God withhold from them that walk uprightly. Maybe if God gave us any more, it'd give us more excuse to not Walk in fellowship with him. Be faithful to him. And be dependent upon him. And lean on him. And need him. And praise him and honor him. And do what he would have us to do. And just maybe God brings these financial problems. Not necessarily because of financial principles that we have, we have violated. Maybe many times not misspent, maybe just checking our faith and just maybe we don't need what we're praying for anyhow. I don't think a guy will be praying for a diesel truck right now. He ought to wait till the diesel fuel goes down. Amen. Amen. Uh, guys brag about getting 40 miles a gallon of their diesel trucks. I can't get that twice. Maybe you don't need it. I close with this. And you say, why would you close? Because I don't have any more points. (laughs) Amen. Maybe God sends financial difficulties your way. Now listen, when he's trying to make a major change in your life. Hmm? Trying to make a major change in your life. Do we still believe that God leadeth us? Still believe that God maketh us to lie down? We, we still believe that God 
prepares the table. We still believe the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. We still believe that we're his sheep and he is the shepherd and we're the sheep of his pastor. We believe that. Do you know what? God may send difficulty sometimes just because he's trying to make a major change in your life. You see, there may not be any work in Michigan because God wants some of them Yankees down here in Texas. <laughs> he still lives on a plantation. <laughs> watch it. Watch it up there. Don't even put that gun back up. But God may shut down your job here because he wants to make a major change in your life. Boy, if we look at it and approach it in that manner, keep us from getting angry and hostile and being blaming everybody else in the world. He's still working on me to make me what he wants me to be. You, you, You believe that you're a a work in process? Uh, do you believe you're a work in process? Yes, sir. Do you believe that God is leading you and making you and, and comforting you and consoling you and providing for you? Maybe God sends difficulties your way just to make a major change in your life. Now, if God is calling you into the ministry... There'll be some major changes financially in your life. It's not easy having a family and pulling up roots and taking off to school and providing for the families and doing the grades and working in the Lord's work and Staying faithful and tithe and do what's right. That's not easy. And there's been many in our church here tonight who's done that. And if God wants to use you in a great way, he'll do it by making major changes in your life. And he's done that. Maybe he wants to change where you live and how you live and maybe he wants to change your job but instead of getting mad and and blowing up why don't you just see what God's trying to do in your life if you've got major financial problems in your life number one how are you with the biblical principle of the tithe If you're violating that, you don't need to go any farther. You don't have to worry about anything else until you get that straightened out. You're living under a curse. Amen. That's what he said. Amen. Yes, if you're not honoring God with the first fruits, then you're dishonoring God with all. Amen. So I, I don't know. I, I just want to help you tonight. You say, preacher, I need more money and we just don't have enough money to go around. 
then what's wrong with making an investment of 10% to try to get a bigger return on your investment? That just makes good sense to me. I don't know about you, but it just makes good sense to me. And if whatever you're doing is not working, won't you do it twice as bad? And that way it'll be twice as bad when you get through. <laughs> don't that make good sense? Huh? That's how we live. Surely we don't want to do what God wants us to do because it might work. It might cost you 10 cents to get out of the hole. It might cost you 10% to really see God's blessings. It might cost you 10% to quit running from the mailman. <laughs> Just think, if you spent 10%, you might answer the phone with a clear conscience. You can get rid of the the show and tell phone number that comes up. <laughs> Come on, let's enjoy it. All right. Is it all right? Let's just enjoy it. Is that all right? I want to help you tonight. And if things are this way, you need to just take them one at a time. Am I violating a principle? If you are fix the principle, if you are misspending what God has given you, don't go buy a lottery ticket if you need milk for the kids. Amen. Dear God, if you win the lottery, they can't drink that much milk. That's <laughs> the way you look at that. If you're buying lottery tickets, I tell you how both of us can be winners. Instead of spending it down at uh, Yoham, Obama, Yoham, Mohammed's place next week bring it to Wolfenbarger's 7-Eleven give me the money and I'll save it at the end of the year I'll give you half of it back I'll keep half of it and we're both winners amen amen misspend it God ain't gonna bless it violate biblical principles, God's not going to bless it. And when they come, act like a born again child of God that believes God all things is possible with God. And don't falter in your faith. Don't get out. Oh, I just knew if I started that things would fall apart. Things are apart right now. So don't blame God for it after you start doing what's right. Don't get mad because you ain't got more because there ain't no telling what you do with if you had it. And ask God if he's trying to make a major change in your life. All of God's people said. If I read my Bible correctly in closing, God directed Elijah's life every step of the way. Told Elijah... So if you go down by the brook, I've commanded the ravens to sustain thee there. And God checked his water and checked his faith when the brook began to dry up and the ravens didn't show up anymore. 
He said, now I've commanded a widow woman down at Zarephath to sustain thee. If Elijah had been a member of our church when he saw the widow wasn't driving a Lexus and wasn't living behind a gated community and she and the kid were picking up sticks and was barren and poverty written. I wonder what our attitude would have been when we saw they were worse off than we were. Hmm? Just like God directed Elijah and provided his ever need, he has promised to do that with us. And instead of grumble and complain, we need to trust the Lord Amen. with all of our heart. Amen. Lean not under our own understanding, all our ways acknowledge him. and He will direct our paths. Honor the Lord with a substance, with thy substance and the first fruits of thine increase. Show shall thy barns be filled with plenty and their press shall break forth with new wine.